Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Good to see everybody tonight. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Good to see you. Um, not to embarrass you, Mika, but I think it's, is it your first time at Kingsgate Church? Or you've been here before? Yes, ma'am. It's your first time. She goes by Mel, but her name is Melissa. So welcome to Kingsgate Church. We love you. We're praying for you and your family. You're always welcome here. Let's give the Lord a clap offering for Mel. So, does anybody have good news tonight? Amen. And nothing's going to change that, brother. Nothing. God is on the throne. So when life gets shifty, life gets crazy, just remember, God has not lost control of your life. Now, there's a big theological, big scriptural debate about, is God in control of the planet or is he not? Well, here's what I know for sure. God's still on the throne, and if you've surrendered control of your life to him, he hasn't lost control of it. That's what you need to remember, all right? And know that God uses the course of human events for his perfect will. So no matter how dark it ever seems, what does Romans 8.28 say? I know that's not in the list tonight, Michal. Would you put that up there? What does Romans 8.28 say? Somebody look at that verse right there. All things, not just part of them, all. What does Romans 8.28? And, and they're, I, I got excited about it, but that wasn't in the lineup, and they're doing great. Look at that. We know that God causes everything. What, is, what does everything mean? In the original Hebrew, Greek, Aramaic, whatever you, all things, everything, to work together for the good of those, that's you, who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So praise God. Everything's going to be all right. You keep serving God. Keep putting him first. Anybody have any good news tonight? You know it is my tradition on Wednesdays uh, to ask you that. Anybody have any good news? No pressure. And if you don't have any or you're just too shy. Oh, well, that's very kind of you. Thank you. I'm back. Praise God. Barry brought the word two Wednesdays in a row, did a fine job. And I, you know, I don't have to say much about dad. He brought the word two Sundays in a row, and he is the general. He, my teacher who taught me without even trying to, just watched his life my whole life. So any other good news? Enjoyed worship tonight. Y'all need to check out Kim Walker Smith. She has a new song, and it's actually patriotic. Um, Kim Walker Smith has, has been part of the Jesus Culture Movement, she, but she's been doing albums on her own as well. And uh, I forget the name of the song I showed you, Mika. I forget. But it's very patriotic. It's talking about the unity in our nation and how God's, God's going to do something great if we don't give up hope. It's powerful. So let's get back to Ephesians chapter 4, where we left, left off a few weeks ago. Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to start with verse 11 tonight, if that's okay with you. And I'm going to start with verse 11, even if it's not okay with you. All right? So verse 11 says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, we're going to stay here for just for a moment. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. It's not hard for you to tell. I'm a pastor. All right? Um, always honored my dad and the calling of God on his life, but it's amazing that when God calls you to the fivefold ministry, one of those five 
I don't, I don't know what it is. Let's go back to verse 11. I want you to see those just for a minute. Let's go back to verse 11, Ephesians 4.11. Thank you. That's perfect. When you're called to do something, whether it's a pastor or a teacher, an evangelist or a prophet or an apostle, or you're just called to do something for God, which all of us are, many times we run. <laughs> Anybody remember the story of Jonah? Jonah and the whale? You guys should check it out, VeggieTale style sometime. It's pretty entertaining. Um, many of you don't know this, but I've done, I've done Bible study groups from kids all the way up from age 5 up to 75 in Bible study groups. And I remember I had, back in the day when I had little kiddos in my group, and uh, we, we would watch VeggieTales stuff sometimes. I'd give them the word, a real brief word, you know, you've got to respect their attention span. And one time I gave them VeggieTales, the story of Jonah, all right? Jonah was a prophet who ran from God. As soon as God spoke to him, he said, okay. He took a ship in the other direction. So, many times we run from the call of God. I did. I was like, Lord, I'll serve you, man. Why don't you just make me rich and I'll give to your kingdom or something? Well, that didn't happen. I didn't get rich. But I've been called to be a pastor. And as a pastor, I am apt to teach. So tonight, that's what I'm doing. I'm teaching. Um, we're going to have a couple of men of God showing up here. Um, Beginning November 4th, which is a Wednesday, um, Angel Madera and Oscar Gonzalez. Angel's more of a pastor and a teacher. Oscar, who happens to be his cousin, is an evangelist. Great men of God. They'll be here with us in November. I pray that you join us. Um, in the English ministry, we're going to have Wednesday night with uh, Angel Madera, Pastor Angel. And then our actual weekend conference begins on Friday. And we'll have a mixture of Angel and Oscar, okay? And we'll go back between the two, back and forth between the two. So it's going to be great. So I encourage you to be here. We need these gifts. Why? Because God gave them to us. Now look at verse 12. Why do we need these gifts? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people. Somebody say to equip. You can raise your hand tonight because no one can see you but me, right? And well, the rest of y'all, but they can't see you on the live stream tonight. Has anyone ever had a job where you felt like you were given the job, told to do the job, and you didn't have the right equipment for it? You can raise your hand. I don't know why I knew some of y'all were going to raise your hand over there. You were given the job and said, hey, man, here's what you got to do. But you're like, I don't even have the tools to do this. Right? It's like someone assigned the job to me of, Matt, you're going to have to grow out long strands of hair and donate it to people who need hair. I don't have the tools for that. Right? That's a little odd. That's hyperbole. It's a big exaggeration. But I mean, there's times you were in a job situation, you didn't have the right tools. You ever, have you ever tried to, to get something to work or take something apart and you didn't have the right tools? It was like operating under a curse. My cousin said that one time. Remember, we had we'd taken down a projector or something. It was like 10 years ago. And we couldn't get stuff to work. We didn't have the right tools. He's like... Dude, forget this. I can't even do this anymore. It's like operating under a curse. You don't have the right tools. It's inefficient. But God gave the right tools to the church. He gave the right thing, things to the church. Apostles, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Their responsibility is to equip you with the right tools, right? To do God's work. And their job is to build up the church, the body of Christ. So let's read that again. Their responsibility is to equip you, God's people. Somebody say, I'm a child of God. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You are God's people. To do His work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. Verse 13. 
This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith. Are we there yet? I think America proves that we're not, huh? We don't even have unity in the faith right now. There's, there's believers, man. They're arguing, going back and forth. There's believers. And look, people get nervous when I start talking about this, but I'm just talking Scripture. There are believers right now who believe it's okay for men to marry men and women to marry women. I, we don't even have to shake our head at that. It's just a modern deception. Say, man, you should be able to choose who you love. Well, of course, but sin is sin. Jesus said in the beginning he created what? Male and female, right? And a husband will cleave to his wife. So man was created for woman, woman for man, all right? I, I'm, many would say, well, woman's created for man, but you know what I mean. We were created for each other, all right? So we've got to speak the truth. When we get on the same page with the basics of Scripture, I don't mean all of our doctrine is exactly the same. I don't mean that. There's some things we're just not going to agree on. But did you know sometimes it's very simple when you just say, you know what? I see our commonalities. You believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. Let's be on the same page. Let's be on the same page. Let's walk in love with each other. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith one translation says unity of the faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and what? Complete standard of Christ. That's a tall order. Wow. But don't worry, you've got time. All right? You've got some time, but don't put it off. Start today. If you haven't started, start today. Get into the Word. Praise God. You're here on a Wednesday night listening to the Word. Verse 14. Then we will no longer be immature like children. What? We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. I brought this up recently. There's a man of God, um, and that's between him and God, but it's terrible to mislead people. He said, once you accepted Jesus, you don't ever have to repent again. Can you imagine? I've thought, man, what do you do with 1 John 1, 9? which was written to believers, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. He said, once you're saved, you don't ever have to tell the Lord you're sorry anymore. Hmm. Well, he can do whatever he wants, but when I mess up, I'm tell the Lord I'm sorry, according to Scripture, right? Doctrines change sometimes, but God's Word, it stays the same. People look at it and go, well, that's not, you know, the, that's not the same thing. And, and, and you know what else? People in, inject culture into the reading of the Word. This is not a culturally Anglo, Hispanic, or black, or uh, Russian, or Asian book. This is culturally, in many ways, Jewish, but it's God's word brought through the Jewish people as a whole. So, we've got to remember this. If it says it, we're going to do our best to honor it, all right? Then we will no longer be immature like children, won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of, what? New teaching. We will not be influenced when people... Try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. It sounds like COVID 2020 year, huh? There's been some lies floating around, not just on Facebook, the news. You say, yeah, well, I don't know, man. CNN's more accurate. No, it's not. Oh, Fox is more accurate. Mm, not, not necessarily. Man, MSNBC. No, I'm telling you, you've got to have... You've got to have a good baseline here for information, and that is trust God, know His Word, so you can recognize truth, because there's a lot of junk out there. Lies so clever they sound like the truth. Let's go to verse 15. Instead, somebody say instead. Instead, 
of believing lies, instead of being immature, we will speak the truth in love. Did you know you can tell each other the truth and still walk in love? And I know, I know sometimes people make it challenging for you, don't they? <laughs> I know. One of the most fascinating things, I think the most fascinating thing in all of God's creation is humanity. We're, we make, it shouldn't be complicated, but we, we have a knack for making things complicated, don't we? Is somebody still here with me? We have a knack for making things more complicated than they should be. Jesus, and Jesus said, only believe. Only believe. I, hey, I know. I was telling someone before church, I, I got married at 30, and I was surprised. To, and a, a good, good and decent guy. I got married at 30, but I was surprised at the baggage I still had. Just from hurts, just from being raised in the ministry, just, just from stuff, mistakes I'd made. Hey, but I love it that people have spoken the truth in love to me. I love that. Right? Not a hurtful truth, a loving truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. As we speak the truth in love, what happens? Growing in every way more and more like Christ who is the head of his body, the church. And don't you dare doubt right now and say, man, I can't do that. Oh, you can. Remember Sunday, though, we talked about practicing your faith? Say, I'm going to just take the summer off from God. Good luck. No, practice. You've heard of people practicing Christians, right? People who practice their faith. When you practice something, it's, on, it's day in and day out. Practice kindness. Practice speaking truth and love. Practice being like Jesus to the best of your ability. All right? Verse 16. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Let me look at everybody today. Regardless of your age in this house tonight, you walked into this building under your own power, didn't you? I mean, the power of God's obviously in you, the breath of life, or you wouldn't even get that far, but you walked in tonight, didn't you? Did you know some scientists have said they don't even understand how we're able to walk on two feet upright? That's strange, huh? You're a walking miracle. Anybody in here ever been in a car accident? How about a, would you say it was a bad one, anybody? Like, ooh, pretty bad? And here you are. Here you are, though. Your body still, it still fits together. You're walking. Look at this. Just as your body fits together, your spine and everything else, your hips, your legs, down to your ankles and feet, Scripture says He, Jesus, makes the whole body fit together perfectly. We're talking about the body of Christ, you and me and all the other churches in the world that preach Jesus of Scripture. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing what? And full of love. Somebody say healthy. Somebody say growing. Somebody say full of love. Oh, that's a whole sermon in and of itself. Look at verse 17 now. Look at what the apostle says here. The apostle Paul, he says, With the Lord's authority I say this, Live no longer as the Gentiles do, and we're going to hesitate here, the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. A Gentile is a non-Jew, but he's also talking about the world. Have you guys seen how the world lives? Have they figured it out yet? 
I got to say this. I got to bring this up. We still have an economy that is debt-based. Can you believe that? Borrowing money constantly. Can you imagine, and I don't know y'all's lives as a whole, especially your finances and stuff, but can you imagine if everything you did was based on a loan? Everything? You're just like, I'm going to put gas in the car today. Well, we're going to have to get a loan for that. That would freak you out. But that's, that's man's wisdom. That's humanity's wisdom. It says we're going to run a government. We're going to run a government that is debt-based. That sounds hopelessly confused to me. That's man and woman's wisdom. That's humanity's wisdom. That's the world system. He says, live no longer as the Gentiles do. I kind of spread that example out to say this. Apart from God, people, they just think they're smart. Apart from God, they just think they're wise. You know what Scripture says? Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. That's apart from God. Live no longer as the Gentiles do. Don't live like the world does. They don't got it, man, for they are hopelessly confused. Verse 18. One man of God, he said that his dad would tell him when he was offered, it was something his dad didn't like because his dad mentored him. His dad was a pastor, and this guy's uh, he, he operates in a prophetic gift. He said his dad would say, hey, that ain't it. You ever been had one of those moments? That ain't it. We tried that. That ain't it. Their minds are full of darkness. This is talking about the world system, the Gentiles or the world system. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. You ever met someone like that? In Spanish, they say sin vergüenza. No shame. Like, whatever. Talk like whatever. Act like whatever. No sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity, every kind of sin. Verse 20. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. So don't let anyone tell you, hey man, once you get to know the Lord, it's just a ticket to heaven, then you can live like the devil. That's not what Scripture says. You as believers, you got to be working at, at doing better and living right to the best of your ability with God's help. That isn't what you learned about Christ. Verse 21. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from whom? From Fox News. From Facebook. Like the Latinos say, el face. No. El face. No. There's, no there's, there's some truth in there, but man, there's some whoppers, some real lies. Since you've heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, remember Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You remember that? All Scripture explains and confirms Scripture. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by, wow, look at this, lust and deception. Lust and deception. Lust is wanting something that you shouldn't be wanting, and not in that way either, all right? Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Wow, we've been talking about change begins in the mind. Let the, let the Holy Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes as He works with your reborn spirit. Put on your new nature, created to be like whom? God. Truly righteous. Righteous means you're right with God. Holy means you've been set apart. So if you're, let's stay there just a minute. If you're righteous and walking in God's righteousness because of the blood of Jesus, then you're going to act right. That's what holiness is, simplified. 
Say, I know I'm right with God, so now I'm going to act right. I'm going to act like I'm right with God. Not, ah, I know I'm right with God, but I'm going to just treat everybody bad. Or, yeah, I know I'm right with God, but I'm going to just lie and get into all kinds of crazy stuff. And, hey, we make mistakes. You're never going to hear a condemning message from me because I've been forgiven of a bunch of stuff. Man, I've been forgiven. Scripture says whoever's been forgiven a lot, they love a lot. Man, I'm so grateful that I'm even able to stand up here in front of y'all tonight. I've been forgiven of a bunch of junk. But here I am. I know I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, just like you, because of what Jesus did. I want you to get that, really, really get that into your heart. Put on your new nature, created to be like God. Man, this may, just a a foreshadowing of future events. This, This verse may come up again in the rest of this month's series. Put on your new nature... Created to be like God. Remember? Originally, God created us, how? In His likeness and in His image. But then we lost that in the Garden of Eden, and Jesus gave it back. Powerful. Verse 25. So, oh my gosh. So stop telling lies. Let's have a brief discussion. There's probably 25, 30 people in here, so maybe some of you are brave enough to answer, and if not, Don't feel pressured. No pressure at all. But why do people lie? Why do you think people lie? Embarrassed is a great answer. You don't get to answer again, though, because that was the 100-point answer. So that's a great answer. Anybody else? They're embarrassed. Survey says, right? (laughs) They don't want to get in trouble. Great answer. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. That, and that ties into this. They don't want to get into trouble, but then they're actually afraid of consequences. They're scared, scared of what? Anybody else? Scared of what? Scared of the truth? Yeah, because the truth, you, you've heard people say this, uh, the truth hurts. Well, it can. It can be hurtful. But Scripture also says that Like I said this earlier, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So you want to operate in the kingdom of God, you operate in truth. People are afraid of being exposed as a fraud. People are afraid of you going, yeah, they're embarrassed because they say, no, they're going to think I'm trash, man, if they know this about me. You know what real love is? Knowing the worst thing about someone and you still love them. I've had that in my life. I've had that grace extended to me. Folks knowing the toughest thing about me, and they said, no, that's not you anymore. I love you. Let's, let's move on. Any other reasons why people tell, tell lies? Anybody? I think we've covered some good ones. So they can't help it. Talked on Sunday. We talked on Sunday. You were here on Sunday, too, weren't you? Okay, You know when you make a mistake and you should be apologizing and you should recognize it as a mistake? We talked about this on Sunday. Many people don't apologize or they don't recognize anything as a mistake. They brush it off. And when you brush off and blow off mistakes, they have a tendency to become bad habits and then they can't help it. At one point they could, but then it becomes a stronghold. Somebody say stronghold. Mm -hmm. You ever seen a castle? 
pictures of a castle or in a movie. I've actually been to a real castle in Europe, and it's a stronghold. It's hard to attack. It's hard to assail that. It's hard to climb the walls. It's a place that is embedded in the mountain, in the rock, and you, can't, you can hardly get in there or get out, and that's what a stronghold is. Habits, right? So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. Beautiful, man. Verse 26. Oh, man, this is good. And don't sin by letting anger control you, right? Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, husbands and wives. Y'all still with me? I like what Joyce Meyer said one time. She said she'd get so mad at her husband. I love it. Her story's about Dave, Joyce Meyer. Talks about her husband. Good, solid guy. And, and she's an amazing woman of God. She said she'd be so frustrated with him that she would be in bed with him at night and she would lay on the edge, on the seam, like almost falling out of bed to get as far away from him as she could. Just upset and just hanging on the edge like that. Just trying to sleep on the edge. Don't, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. That's one of the rules in our marriage. And my mom actually taught us that growing up. She said, we're not going to go to bed mad with each other. My dad tells the Spanish services, he says, man, if you go to bed mad sometimes, the danger of that is you wake up in the morning, you already have horns growing out of your head, right? Don't ever get into that and say, we're not going to talk about it, we're mad, and then we won't talk for a week or two, and then everything's okay. No, deal with it. Don't let anger control you, but don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. Let's get into verse 27. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. What is a foothold? Right here, look, look. I'm going to back up. Look at this right here. A place to put your foot. Look at that. That's a foothold. Don't walk in anger because it gives the enemy a place to go, oh, I can step right in here. Oh, I can put my foot in the door. I, I think I can get in here. Don't do that. You can get angry but don't fall into sin. You get angry, and I'm going to tell you right now, a large part of anger issues are this. It's what we say or do after we've gotten angry, huh? Because there's times you got angry, and you're like, oh, Lord, just help me, man. I'm not going to beat them up. I am not going to say something mean, man, right? So Scripture says be angry and do not sin. Like, get angry and then get over it, man, right? Let's go to the next verse. If you are a thief, <laughs> wow, I didn't write this stuff, man. This is good. Quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. That's powerful. Look at this, man. This is just dealing with all kinds of stuff. You say, man, he's talking to the world. He's talking to sinners. Oh, no. Oh, no. Mm -mm. You know how the book of Ephesians begin? begins? He says, I'm writing to God's holy people in Ephesus. He's talking to believers. Say, man, I accepted Jesus, man. I don't, I don't have to deal with none of this anymore. No, you're still, you're still human, and you're around crazy stuff at work sometimes, huh? And it affects us. The way people talk, the way they act, stuff on TV, we've got to be careful. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful. Wow, that's a tall, amazing order. So that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Powerful. 
Words have power, man. I'm telling you right now, words. How many fights have you, have you witnessed, physical altercations, where they just happen because people just walked up to each other and just start beating each other up? No, usually there was something spoken, huh? Usually. I mean, there's those few that are not heads, and they're like, what are you looking at, man? What are you looking at? But it was words still, wasn't it? Because they looked at him, but then, you know, like in the movies, the tough guys, hey, hey, do you know me? Do you know me? Do you like me? Why are you looking at me, you know? But it, it's always words. Words are powerful. Scripture says death and life are in the power of the tongue. You don't believe me that words have power? Tell somebody you hate them and then never say you were kidding. Words have power seen married couples who loved each other and finally one says i want a divorce and even if it doesn't go there yet but they keep talking about that and it keeps coming up words have power got to be careful what you say what comes out of your mouth becomes your faith talk for better or for worse even if it's evil remember because it takes your words to move mountains right that's what jesus said so be careful how you talk to people be careful what you say let everything you say be good and helpful, verse 29 once again, so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Always, always watch that mouth there, you know. you gotta, you got to walk in love. Look at this. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit. I believe one translation says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit or grieve not the Holy Spirit. So God lives in you now and the Holy, you, you know the word, Holy Ghost, it's used in the King James Version. That actually comes from a word in older English that means holy guest. I told a guy one time, he was a man of God, I said, man, I went to see that movie, it was a little much. He said, you know why it bothered you? I said, why? He said, you had a holy guest there. I was like, oh, man, I shouldn't even told him anything, right? Oh, now I'm convicted. Lord, forgive me, right? God's always with you. Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, He has identified you as His own. That's everyone in this house, everyone listening tonight on the live stream. He has identified you as His own. Guaranteeing, by faith, you accepted Jesus. By faith, you're one of God's kids now. Guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of what? Redemption. Redemption, that's, that's when God says, I'm coming to collect what's mine. That's you and that's me. And I'll be with y'all in heaven. I'll be with y'all here on earth. But on the way to heaven and in heaven, we're going to be together with God. All right? One day. One day. Verse 31. Man, this is such a powerful chapter. Get rid of all bitterness. Does anybody know what bitterness is? It's an unresolved issue. You were angry, and it wasn't resolved. You were mad, and it wasn't resolved. You were you were. Um, you needed to forgive someone, they hurt you, and it wasn't resolved, and it turned into something else. got to be careful about bitterness because it defiles people around you. It brings uh, a very angry spirit, has people arguing and stuff, so be careful with that. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander. Talking bad about people, as well as all types of evil behavior. Golly, I think he just covered everything. But look at how he sums up the chapter here. I love this. Verse 32. Instead, somebody say instead. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. 
just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Let's stay on that verse just a moment. I'm about to be done. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Let me just testify real quickly. In the past week, I have had to forgive and I've had to be forgiven. Scripture says I need to forgive so that my Heavenly Father can forgive me. You've got to make it a practice. Remember practice? We were talking about it on Sunday. Practice means reps. Right? Reps. One after another. I show up every day. I, I get up out of the bed going, I'm going to walk in love today. Sometimes I'm doing amazing and I feel like, man, God's hand is on me today. I'm just doing great. And then I go, okay, Lord, now it's time to get out of bed. That's an old Christian joke. So remember this. You are called to pursue peace with people. And there's a difference between a a peacekeeper and a peacemaker. Ask Wyatt Earp. Anyway, that's, that's a whole other thing. There's a difference between a peacekeeper and a peacemaker. A peacekeeper says, hey, nobody say anything, nobody say anything, everything's fine, everything's great, y'all are great, you're good, I'm good, right? And they don't ever deal with any issues. A peacemaker says, no, let's talk about it even if we've got to yell a little bit. Let's deal, deal with it. No, I'm not, I'm not promoting yelling, I'm kidding. But a peacemaker says, no, we're going to get it out in the open, we're going to talk about it. We're not just going to smooth this over, and we're not going to just sweep this under the rug. Everything's not okay, but we're going to deal with it so that it can be okay. Got to deal with issues, man. Can't run from them forever. There is fear involved in telling lies. There's also fear involved in, I'm not going to confront that. I'm not going to confront that. No, it's time. Let God speak to you. Be wise. But there are some things, I don't know who God is speaking to tonight. You need to confront some stuff. In love. Be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Praise God. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes tonight, if you would, please. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your people tonight, Lord. The sheep of your flock, the sheep of your pasture, Lord. Men and women in this house, Lord God, they are yours. And Lord, you've called me to speak the words of life and the word of truth, but Lord, you've called them to do the same thing. You've called us to not only speak word and speak the word, but to live the word. Because many times our actions speak way louder than the things we're saying. God, give us wisdom. Give us wisdom. Is there anybody in this house at the sound of my voice who says, you know what, Pastor Matt, I need to make sure my heart is right with God. I've been struggling in some areas. I need to get right with God. It is between you and God, but I want to help you. Is there anyone in this house who says, I need to make sure I'm right with God. I've been having a hard time. Would you raise your hand? I'm going to pray with you. We're going to pray as a family. God bless you for your courage. Man, this house is full of courageous people. Right where you are, either online or in this house, in person, I want you to repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father. Let's make it more personal. Somebody say, My Heavenly Father. Please forgive me, Lord. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. I'm sorry. I know I'm right with you, 
by faith. But Lord, I need peace right now. And I want to act right with you. I'm righteous, and now I want to live holy, which is set apart, which is different from the world. I can't do it without you, Lord. But I know I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you that I'm cleansed. Thank you that I'm right with you, Lord. Take a deep breath. Go ahead. You are God's kids, man. You are right with God, and he is with you. Faithful, faithful God. The blood of Jesus is over everyone in this house, Lord. We thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is a two-edged sword. Lord, it cuts in my direction, and it cuts in their direction when I'm speaking. It's dealing with stuff in me. It's dealing with stuff in them. Folks don't realize how much God actually deals with the person who is delivering the message, if they will allow him. Lord, thank you for speaking to me tonight through your word. Thank you for speaking to your people, God. Thank you for a great rest of the week. I thank you that our faith has become so important in this world. It's always been the primary thing. It really has, our faith and our love. But Lord, it's so important in this world we live in, our faith and our love. Thank you for tonight. Thank you for your goodness. I thank you that your word has fallen on good ground. Help us to apply it. Help us to remember it. Help us to be convicted about it even in the weeks to come. Remind us of your word by your Holy Spirit. You said you would send the Holy Spirit, Jesus, that would guide us and lead us into all truth and remind us of your words. Thank you, Lord. We trust you tonight. In Jesus' name. Somebody said, Amen. Amen.